The Lord just said to me that this is one service you should come to. And you shouldn't have anything on your heart or mind that you're thinking about God needs to do for you. He said this is the one service where you should worship and praise with abandon. Total gratitude that your life has been given back to you. That Satan has lost his right over your soul. Is everyone to hear the song of the redeemed? The song angels cannot sing. Hey! Let somebody have a shout! Did you hear the second part? He says, I want to hear the song of the redeemed. You've been bought by this blood. You've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. This is your moment to say so. to God. When they were singing that song, worthy is your name, Jesus. He says, you deserve the praise. And it is like in the realm of the spirit as I could imagine that day when he will appear in glory, shining like the sun, and all true sons of God, hallelujah, will hear his voice and run to him. Hey, glory. There will be nothing that will be worth it that day. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad this morning that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life? It's written in blood. Glory to God. Come on, take 30 seconds and appreciate him for your salvation. Appreciate him for forgiveness of sins. 
Appreciate him for your redemption. Appreciate him that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. That God has forgiven you. Made you his righteousness. Hallelujah. Redeemed you from all iniquity. You are not a religious man. You are a son of God. You came to worship. Hallelujah. Whenever I speak on these uh, special occasions, I look for some deeper meaning or personal impartation from the story. We all know that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. I'll try it again. I said, we all know that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. He came out of the grave, triumphant. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. <clears throat> Romans 1 said that it was the glory of the Father that raised him up. Amen. And he was declared to be the Son of God with power. And that repentance and salvation should be preached to all nations. Hallelujah. The Muslims are running around saying, you don't need anybody to die for you. You can go to God directly. That is the most ignorant thing anyone can say. <clears throat> First of all, where have you seen God? To know that you don't need a mediator. I told you that uh, in 1983, when I got to Atlanta, I was in graduate school, and this young man came to me. He said, man, hey, how did you get here? That's amazing. <laughs> I said, I jumped in the Atlantic, and I backstroked all the way to Florida. He said, sure enough, wow, that's amazing. I said, come here. You, you fool. Who sent you to graduate school? You should go back to high school. If you think that I jumped into the Atlantic eh, and started swimming, I made it to Florida. Hallelujah. That is exactly the way I see the theory that you don't need anybody to save you and that you can go to God directly. I don't know why people don't ask false religions to prove what they believe. Proof to me that you don't need God. You don't need Jesus. First of all, show me an evidence that you've reached this God. I still have not forgotten the day that this young man came to me. He was very, very angry with me. What was my crime? He married a backslidden believer. He was Muslim, or he's, uh, he was, yes, he was Muslim, and then she was, a back, she was a backslidden Christian. Then finally, after a few years, she started sensing that hell <laughs> was coming. So she reached out to me. And I started discipling her, and she came back alive. Amen. Hallelujah. When she came back alive, the glory showed up in the house. And the Muslim could no longer control 
the believer. Amen. And now he's accusing me of mess. You know, he just dawned on me. That accusation did not just start. Amen. And he was accusing me of splitting up their house. Hallelujah. <laughs> so he came to deal with me. He introduced himself as the son of an imam. Talked about his parents teaching them to respect all religions. How they weren't allowed to even make noise because their church was close to their house in North Africa. And so he didn't understand why I should intervene in his family to mess up things. The things were going so great before I came along. Hallelujah. He didn't know that Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. Amen. I brought a sword. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the church that don't know what Jesus came for. Amen. We have an American mindset. Good picnics. Covert. Dish dinners. Barbecue. Cookouts. That's church. No, this is war. I see how great the amen is. I said, this is war. Yeah. So I listened to the young man, and he shared his faith and his pedigree and their family and all the crusades the father had conducted over North Africa and all the mosques that the father had built and all of that. And he went on and on and on, and I listened so intently. You know, that's one of the hardest things for people to do. They can't listen. When you start talking, then they start talking. If you listen, God will show you the loopholes. You can't resolve so much if you stop defending. Just looking at the trial of Jesus, he didn't say a thing. He didn't say anything. He didn't defend himself. And his children just came that thing is pushing you. You've got to say something. He told them in one of the gospels, even if I said anything, I know you will not let me go. Why do I know that? Because the Father proved from heaven that I will be crucified. It's when you don't know what the Father has ordained for you. That's why you're running your mouth. There are things nobody can save you from. I haven't prayed yet. This is just my introduction. Watch. So I listened intently, and the young man thought that he was about to get a convert to Islam because I was listening. <laughs> so he spoke for a long time, at least an hour and a half. And I listened. Can you do that? <laughs> thank God, thank God. Some of, you, some of you are telling the truth. So, finally, when he rested, I said to him, all right, I have listened to you. I don't have any theories. I don't have anything to tell you. But I just want to ask you two or three questions. He said, go ahead. I said, this God, that you've been telling me about for 90 minutes. 
I said, be a true Muslim. Don't lie. Tell the truth. I said, have you ever encountered him? Have you ever heard from him? Have you ever felt his presence? I said, don't lie. Tell the truth. I screamed at him. He put his head down. And he said, no. I said, good. I said, now, I have no theories for you. I have no arguments for you. But I have one more question. He said, what's the question? He said, if I can demonstrate to you that the Lord Jesus is real. Oh, glory. <laughs> I said, and he is the only legitimate way to the heavenly father. I said, what do you believe? Come on, let me demonstrate. I had a desk over here. I was sitting on this chair next to the desk, but turned sideways. He was sitting there. Beloved, it was like the Lord said, Chica, I will not let you beat me to this. <laughs> because I stood up and took one step to him, thinking I was going to pray. But the very first step I took, the power of God. Hey, the power of God fell on him. And he wept like a baby. He cried, and he cried, and he cried. And I went and took him by the hand. I said, repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. heard the punchline. I led him in the sinner's prayer and as soon as he said I received Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior hey, the power of the Holy Spirit fell on him and an ex-Muslim started speaking in tongues in my office Father, we thank you for this resurrection morning. We thank you for rekindling our appreciation for you. Thank you for releasing joy in our God. Hallelujah. Thank you for sending fresh fire into our spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for running devils out of this house, of this room. We celebrate you. Thank you for utterance and grace, the prophetic, the unction, the strength, 
of the glory. Thank you for glorifying your great name. In Jesus' name. I want us to celebrate the Lord Jesus. Because man has a problem when you haven't paid for something. It's easy to take it for granted. When I delivered the ambulance this past week to the hospital, I told my nephew, say now, I am putting this ambulance into your hand. This is not for personal transportation and for errands. You see now, you guys didn't put a dime into it. I don't want to come to Nigeria and see scratches on this van. I will not accept any excuses. I'll fire all of you. You have to take care of it. Because man's tendency is to abuse what they didn't invest in. And God uses that pattern to determine ownership. He inspects you if you walk past something on the floor. You just told him, this house is not yours here. It's not when you decide to clean up. It's when the Holy Spirit said, you see, he will make sure you see it. And then you act like the Levite that saw the Samaritan on the the corner. He said he looked, and he he just kept going. going. (laughs) He does that. He says now, watch, watch. People don't understand. You have to read the Bible and then apply these principles to your personal life. Jesus said in Luke 16, that before God will give you your things, he will put you in that which he gave to somebody else. And then they observe you to see how you take care of what God gave somebody else. And based on how you respond, then God will determine you. He will determine that you now qualify for your own. This is what incarcerates people call to the ministry. They know that God has called them, so they keep waiting on this time. He will never come until you are faithful in that which God has given to another man. And the way Jesus put it, he he didn't say that God will not give you your own. He asked the question, who will give you your own? In other words, who do you think will be crazy enough to give you an unproven servant, a responsibility for something you hadn't invested in? Because the kingdom is one. So that's my resurrection message to all you Sunday, Sunday people that serve in no ministry, that don't help the kingdom of God in any way. But yet when you have a crisis, you will be the first one making demands. And if we don't rush to the hospital or to some situation or whatever, Then you add us to the list of your judgments of the church. Not knowing that Satan is baiting you to destroy your life. Jesus paid for you. When you go read the accounts. I was saying to someone this morning, I don't know who. I said... 
Pilate examined him and examined him twice. He sent him to Herod. He brought, they brought him back. He examined him. You see so many powerful mysteries. He said that Herod and Pilate had disagreements and didn't have any relationship. But over Jesus, they made out. I said, isn't that something? That's the same thing that happens. That even enemies, right. when they both turn against you, yeah. become friends. Yeah. Come on, I know what I'm talking about. I've lived it. And Pilate said, I find no fault in him. His wife came and said, now be careful what you're doing with this man. Because I had te terrible dreams concerning him. Watch. And Pilate brought water and washed his hands, symbolically saying that he had nothing to do with this. But watch. Then if that was so, then why didn't you release him? Watch. Even if you're going to crucify him, then release him to be crucified. Instead, he sent him to be scourged. Pay attention now. Why will God allow that? Because he ordained that by the stripes of Jesus, hallelujah, we are healed. I said, God, help me to preach this message because this is what we refuse to learn. That even when you are suffering, if it's the will of God, your suffering will heal so many people. You can carry the anointing, all the glory without pain. This resurrection season, beloved, it's a perfect time to re-understand the preciousness of the blood of Jesus, the magnitude of the sacrifice he made for you and I, the deepening of your worship and your personal appreciation of him. Hallelujah. If you were an ascetic, even if you gave all your life, as I said in the message, you couldn't save an ant. But the greatest blessing the blood of Jesus released or the Lord Jesus gave for us and we obtained through him is that he arrived at Golgotha sin free. <laughs> I can't even imagine. It's an incredible, precious blessing. Hallelujah. So use this season to reconfigure your heart, your mind, your faith. Any deviations, the, the grace of God will help you get back online. Righteousness is a constant correction, like the steering in your car to line up with the way God does business on the earth. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said that alignment causes everything you desire to be added unto you. You cannot scramble into righteousness. You cannot be in a hurry to line up things so you can get what you want. You are still pointed the wrong direction. The only direction is, I want to be right with you, Lord. And then in being right with him, then he blesses you as he sees fit. That's why I don't hassle God about material things. I just keep the covenants he gave to me, and I just watch things happen.
by faith. The way he has ordained it and the way it is supposed to work. So I'm excited about this season. I know that I need this season to reconfigure some things. You need it to reconfigure some things. Revisit some things. Make some decisions. There are people you need to forgive. <clears throat> I did a message recently in a, a funeral, and God was emphasizing about children and your attitude towards your parents, particularly if they're old. And he said, curses flow when you snap at them or talk to them any kind of way or disrespect them or put them up in some room somewhere and forget about them. I testified that when I used to go to the homeless shelter, uh, not homeless shelter, the nursing home, that the number one prayer request I used to get from mothers particularly, pray that my sons or my children will come to see me. You've dumped your parents away somewhere and you've gone on your merry way. Remember, it's only a few years away and you too will be old. Then what will happen? Those of you born in the 80s, now you're in your 40s already. <laughs> Don't you see? 80s was like yesterday. Before you know it, you're 70. <laughs> You'll be 80. So make corrections today. Repent of so many people were touched in that service. Many people came to me personally to confess and spoke about the conviction of the Holy Spirit and how God is sending them back to get lined up with the righteousness of God. That's what this season is all about. Lining up with what the blood paid for. Lining up with the righteousness of God. The inheritance we obtained so that we will have victory in every area. Satan is not supposed to win. And by the grace of God, he will not win. And we give God praise. Are you ready for your breakthrough? <clears throat> you can come to Bible study and, and you will learn some more. And the glory and the grace will fall upon you afresh. I was amazed. One lady drove from Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> I had consecrated the prayer cloths and I wanted them to soak more in the anointing and in the glory from the church services. So I left them at the altar. And I hadn't sent them out. She drove from Savannah, Georgia to come and get her own prayer cloth. <laughs> I wasn't even at church. And I asked them to take one and to give to her. But I instructed the minister to test it to make sure that it is glory potent. And as soon as they dropped it on her, she hit the ground. I said, okay, good. She can go back to Savannah with that grace and that glory. Have you gotten your prayer cloth? Have you sown that seed? God led me to say, sow a $500 seed or a $1,000 seed. Uh, you see, your obedience to the Lord is what will cause that prayer cloth to carry the level of glory required for your own breakthrough. I remember before my daughter had a child and, and things were beginning to look bad, I just took one of those prayer cloths and walked into their house about 10 or 11 p.m. at night. And as soon as she got close to me, and I tossed it on her, the whole, it wasn't just her, the whole room quaked with the power of God. <laughs> and we got a beautiful outcome in Sophia today. We thank God for his faithfulness in the mighty name of Jesus. Are you ready for all the blessing this season has been destined of God to produce in your life? Connect with resurrection and all will be yours. God bless you. 
Gotta go and wait all the time. See you tomorrow. Bye bye.